You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, you're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Today we are on episode 228. I hope all of you are doing very well, enjoying these uh, fall colors. I know here in uh, Utah and Wyoming, it's... uh, it's beautiful out there this time of year. So my wife always says that back on the East Coast, places like Connecticut are much prettier than it is out West. So hopefully someday I'll get out there uh, for you listeners that are out there on the East Coast or in those more beautiful areas. I hope that you are enjoying this this fall weather. So anyhow, episode 228, our topic today is something that comes up all the time, and it is avoiding black mold when purchasing a home. So as many of you know, I started, well, I shouldn't say I started this career as a home inspector. Um, I've actually been a general contractor. I got into construction way back in 1994. So I've been been at this for a while, but uh, when I got into this whole mold thing, I actually started out as a uh, certified home inspector. So I actually got certified as a home inspector and then got certified as a radon tester. Then I got certified in mold inspections. And uh, once once I started getting into the mold side of things, I actually realized how much I I really enjoyed it. And uh, anyhow, the uh, the area we're in, which it is changing quickly, uh, but there wasn't many mold mitigation companies, so I decided to get into mold mitigation. So that's kind of my story. So you know, I've dealt with a lot of home inspections, a lot of mold inspections, a lot of mold testing. And as you all know, uh, we do mold mitigation. And of course, I do this podcast and I do mold consultations and have written a few books. So anyhow, I guess my point is, is uh, I've dealt with the realtors, the sellers, banks, VA loans, all, all sorts of things. I actually got, and I don't even believe they even 
required anymore, but I'm a FHA and HUD approved inspector also. Uh, if you were getting certain types of loans, you'd have to hire someone like myself. But anyhow, so it's something that gets brought up quite often and it's a difficult process for everybody involved. If any of you have sold or, or bought, you know, more than a couple homes, you probably know what it's like. And it's difficult. It's very difficult, especially when you're talking about the mold side of things. So it's just something I wanted to go over. My second best-selling book next to the mold epidemic is Black Mold and Home Inspections. So that's that's another thing that I've done to kind of try to educate everybody as to the inspection side of things when you're purchasing a home. You know, I've dealt with people that are very, very diligent when it comes to their due diligence when they're purchasing a home. They want a home inspector. They want a mold inspector. They want air testing done. They want radon testing done. Uh, they, you know, they do a termite inspection. They go the whole nine yards. And, you know, those that do that, they're doing it obviously to avoid a money pit. And, you know, for for just a simple mold mitigation project, let's just say you purchase a home and you find out that there's mold down in the crawl space after you've moved in. And, you know, we have no way of knowing for sure, but let's just say it was there when you purchased the home, you didn't have it inspected. And so now you're stuck with paying for that. Just mold mitigation, a simple mold mitigation project is at least going to be five to $10,000. And I know a lot of you listeners are like, wow, Steve, that's that's expensive. That's actually, uh, for $5,000, you, for the most part, can't even really get me and my crews there. And the reason I say that is mold mitigation requires lots of steps. Uh, we have chemicals, PPE. You know, with COVID, PPE and chemicals, they're probably four times the price they used to be. So I guess my point is, is, you know, just to get a simple mold mitigation project done, you're at least 5000 And I'm speaking for CNC Contractor Services. So to me, you know, if you're going to spend $500 for a home inspection, that would be well worth it. Now, of course, you need to make sure that you hire the proper people to do the inspections. Um, but my point is this, is it's well worth it. So it's tough to, as a seller, deal with a purchaser, I was going to say a client, but they're not really your client. It's hard to deal with a buyer that is very picky. And hopefully you understand why, and hopefully it teaches you to be that picky when you purchase a home. But on the other hand, you know, they're just trying to protect their money and their investment. And, you know, when it comes to mold, they're protecting their health. So, you know, it's something that if you're selling a home and you're listening to this, you know, I, I know it's difficult. It's easy for me to say, but I hope you do understand my side of things and why I look at things and say things and do things the way I do it. Because at the end of the day, you know, I don't care whether you hire me or not. I care about your health. First and foremost, your health and the health of the occupants in that home, that's way more important to me than anything. So whether I'm getting paid to be a consultant or the inspector or tester, whatever you want to have done, hopefully as a seller, you guys all, all realize that it's just kind of part of the process. As much as it is a pain in the butt, mold is a four-letter word. <laughs> and if any of you have had mold mitigation, 
Uh, it's something I always say all the time. Mold is the gift that keeps on giving. So, you know, it can be very difficult for you as a seller. Now, when you're the buyer, it could be very difficult for your realtor if you want all these things done. But at the end of the day, this is your purchase. If you have to put tens of thousands of dollars into your home down the road, I'm pretty sure if you call your realtor up, they're going to say sorry. <laughs> Your home was fine when, when you bought it. We did everything legally. I have all the documentation, so we're not going to help you out. And at the end of the day, that's my point, is, is you as a buyer need to do your due diligence. So one of the first things that people want to know, uh, for you listeners that have never sold a home, you know, hopefully you're going to be learning something too, not just for buyers, but, you know, what should you expect during the inspection process to try to backtrack just a little bit, you know, before the inspections or anything happens, you submit an offer and let's say the house is 500,000. You, you know, offer 450, uh, the offer, uh, or the purchase, I guess, is pending appraisals and inspections. And typically, hopefully you have at least three weeks to get those done. So you put your offer in, uh, probably through your realtor, Let's say the sellers come back and say, "Yeah, we'll go 470." You come back anyhow. At the end of the day, you're paying for 460 for this home. You have a few weeks, and it's a very tight window. That's something I've never really been a big fan of. I don't know why you have to rush when you're purchasing a home this expensive. But anyhow, unless it's a cash deal, it's going to take time anyways to to get the appraisal done and all the the mortgage paperwork and underwriting and all that fun stuff. So anyhow, that's something as you as a buyer need to keep in mind. When you put an offer on a property, you do need to make sure you have at least three weeks for the inspections. And then at least, in my opinion, of course, I'm not a realtor and the realtors don't like me saying this, but you need another week after uh, the inspection deadline to have a resolutions deadline. And that deadline more or less just says, hey, you know, we, we, we had the inspector in on the property by the deadline, but we have another week to negotiate with the sellers to either fix the problems or take money off the price of the home. Anyhow, that resolutions is very important. I saw a lot of times when I did home inspections that it was very common for, and I don't know if it's the realtors just using a template. I don't know if the realtors are doing it on purpose, but it was very common to have your inspection deadline and then only like two days for resolutions. And, and in my opinion, that's not enough time, especially if we're doing uh, any mold testing. Let's say we can't get in till right up to the deadline uh, for me to get those samples off to a lab and get that report back from the lab. And then for me to turn around and get you my report you know, as to the lab findings, that doesn't happen in two days. So it is important as a buyer for you to realize that you do need a resolutions window, and I think it should be one week, uh, to come to conclusion as far as what you're going to have done or what you're going to have addressed. So I want to be clear about that. When you're putting in that offer on the home, make sure that you're giving yourself enough time. Now, if you do run into any problem, let's say, you know, the 
inspector, which once again, your your home inspector, if that's all you're hiring, is a generalist. They're not a specialist like myself. So keep that in mind. And that's not, it's nothing degrading. A home inspector just is a generalist. They don't go in and they don't specialize in, in pests or vermin or termites or mold or engineering uh, or anything like that. So keep that in mind that that your home inspector is a generalist. But if they go in there and they find, let's say, structural concerns, you have to get an engineer out there to look at that property if you're willing to move forward to determine the extent of the damage and things like that. So if you do run into that, just keep in mind that you can file an extension for your deadlines. And once again, I I cover this in the book and I'm not trying to be demeaning or degrading at all to the other property or other people involved uh, in selling of this property. But if you run into some major concerns, you still feel good about purchasing the home, but you just want to have, you know, a specialist like myself or an engineer come in. If you have a seller or a realtor and they're saying, no, we're not going to extend the deadlines, it's probably best to walk away. You know, it's in your best interest to obviously dive a little bit deeper and make sure that you aren't purchasing a money pit. You know, keep that in mind too, that you can always uh, file for extensions. So, you know, what you should expect during the inspection process, you're obviously going to call around. Hopefully you're going to do your research on what type of inspector you're going to hire. Once you have that inspector that you think you want to use, make sure you call them, ask them a bunch of questions. We've gone over this in other podcasts, but most importantly, make sure that they're experienced, make sure that they're certified, make sure that they're insured. And then also you want to know what they're going to charge you. I can only speak to, in our area, what inspections run, but a typical home inspector, I think is going to charge at least $500. That's for a home under 3000 square feet. If it's a mold inspector, that's going to be obviously a little bit higher. And as far as mold inspectors like myself, you know, we have our base rate, but then we charge extra for each sample we send off to a lab. And so keep that in mind that you know what they're going to charge. And and also, you know, there's probably some sort of contract that you'll sign, stuff like that. But make sure you do know how quickly that that inspector is going to have your report back to you. Uh, there's some inspectors that guarantee the report same day. I myself, I don't do that. It takes time. It usually you know, when I was a home inspector, it would take me a good hour, hour and a half to to get the report into my software and all the pictures in there and all that. So just keep in mind, you know, you don't want an inspector that's going to take a week to get you the report. But on the other hand, you need to make sure that someone's giving you a thorough report. And so I, I kind of touched on, you know, the testing part of it as a mold inspector. So you're purchasing a new home, you're going to hire a mold inspector, one of the important things is you need to have testing done. Now, we've talked about testing and how I feel about all that. A test, any test for mold should always be accompanied by an inspection. So um, I want to be clear with all of our listeners. You know, I don't know what other companies do, but I know if you're buying a new home, you hired a home inspector, you called me up and you said, hey, Steve, you know, our home inspector said everything's fine. What would you charge to only do air testing? I would say, sorry, we don't do that. And the reason behind that is 
there's a few reasons. First and foremost, I have to know what the property conditions are. If I just do, if I go in there and I only do testing, especially air testing, and I literally leave, I'm on site for maybe a half hour, 40 minutes, send that stuff off to the lab. When I get the results back, if things don't look good and there's toxic mold in this, the air samples, there's elevated mold counts of different mold types, I have no idea what caused that. So my point is this, is you should expect as far as a mold uh, inspector and mold testing, mold assessor, different states call them different things. You should expect that they are going to require an inspection. So going back to the types of testing that you need, I am not a big fan of only doing air testing. And the reason behind that is, you know, mold spores, different mold types, the mold spores are airborne. Uh, based on the property conditions. And if we go in a home and let's just say there is a mold problem, there's stachybotrys, which is the black mold growing behind a wall, we might not always pick that up in an air test. And another reason you might not is uh, stachybotrys is a heavier, stickier mold type. So that means that it's not always going to be airborne. So what I do, and this is just my opinion, we obviously do the inspection first. And when we get to the point where we're going to do the testing, I consult with you, my client, and I say, okay, here, here's what I found. Uh, we found some water stains in the master bathroom. Everything else looked really good. So, you know, let's do an air test outside. Let's do an air test on every level. Let's also do an air test in that bathroom where I, th I think that, you know, there could be a mold problem. And what I'm going to do is we should probably do a couple of tape lifts. And, you know, a tape lift is a direct sample. Uh, it's literally a piece of paper or not paper, piece of scotch tape uh, that we put on a slide and we send that off to a lab. So my point is this is just air testing by itself isn't always the most accurate way. And on the other hand, only tape lifts or an ERMI test, which is a PCR testing, that's not accurate in my opinion either. So you need to have air testing in conjunction with at least tape lifts. Um, I'm not a big fan of swab testing. We've talked about that in other podcast episodes, but the labs typically don't like a swab because you're taking literally a Q-tip and you're rolling it around on one spot and it kind of can contaminate the sample itself. Uh, you might get too much debris on it, so they can't actually analyze it under the microscope. Whereas a tape lift is literally scotch tape that you push down on the surface and it's on a slide. That's how we do it as professionals. And then they analyze that underneath the microscope. So where would you do that? Um, talking about a bathroom that we think might have mold concerns, we could test on top of a baseboard. We could test you know, on that little lip um, above the shower stall itself, if it's an enclosure, um, just somewhere where the mold spores could settle, you know, top of the toilet, could be anywhere. But for the most part, uh, I do not recommend only air testing. And like I said, I explained why it to me doesn't seem as accurate as if you do air testing and some tape lifts. And those tape lifts can be throughout the home too. You know, we could run a, a test or take a sample from above your doorway on the door trim in your office or in a bedroom or bathroom, wherever. So 
my point is that just don't depend only on air testing and make sure that you always have an inspection done with testing. So I kind of went over things quickly, what type of testing you should have done, um, what to expect, but keep in mind, it is very, very important to take the time, spend the money. A thousand dollars right now could save you tens of thousands of dollars down the road. So as I mentioned earlier, I do have uh, a book it's available on Amazon. It's in ebook format. It's in Audible, or you can get it in paperback. So uh, you can go to Amazon.com. You just type in Steve Worsley for an author. I'll also in the description of this podcast, I'll put a link to my books. Um, but the book is Black Mold and Home Inspections: What Your Realtor Won't Tell You When Purchasing a Home. It's not derogatory towards realtors. It's just a it's a simple guide as to what you should expect. Realtors get paid to sell homes. We get paid to protect those that are buying them. So go to Amazon, purchase that book. Like I said, they're they're in three different formats, paperback, audible, or in um, in ebook. So thanks for listening. Today was episode 228. I appreciate all of you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.